Amen. As we're staying, we can go to the word of the Lord today. Uh, just one verse, Second Chronicles, the 16th chapter, verse 9. It says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect towards him. Herein thou hast done foolishly, therefore from henceforth thou shalt have wars. Obviously this is two different things going on in this verse. And uh, we'll get to that here in the sermon today. Amen. And we just kind of jumped right into uh, what is going on. You don't really know the context of all of this uh, without looking uh, of what's happened before and after. And so it's right in the middle of the story, and it's my job to explain it all and flesh it out with the help of the Lord. I'll do that today. Amen. I want to preach to you from this title, and the title, uh, you got to be here to understand it. The title is Faith Forms Fear. Faith Forms Fear. And I'll explain what that means because you're trying to figure it out, and with those three words, you're not going to figure it out. So turn to a few people, greet them in the name of the Lord, and you may be seated. There is deep down in the heart of a man and women, um, although I can only attest for the former, but there is a, a drawing to the idea of living victoriously. Is that in everyone's heart? Everyone wants to live victoriously. We want to be the victors. We want to be the winners. We want to crush our enemies and we want to have all the evildoers afraid and tremble at the mention of your name and, and, uh, and, uh, or when they see our signal in the sky. And to know that it will strike fear in the hearts of our enemies and foe. And, and maybe the women are the same way. I know the men uh, probably uh, tend to do that, think about that more often. And maybe, maybe uh, you don't get lost in thinking and imagination like us men do. Uh, I mean, sometimes, sometimes we're just gone. Lights out. Nobody's home, but just an empty body. And uh, because we're somewhere else. We're somewhere else. We're, we're beating up bad guys in our mind. We're, we're, we're doing we're superhero stuff. And, and then sometimes we're sitting there not thinking about anything. It, it can be tricky. Sometimes we're gone and sometimes we're there not doing anything. It's a, it's a talent that men are, men are born with. And uh, I, know, I know women can't believe that we're not thinking about anything and that we're, uh, we're not telling the truth. But sometimes there's nothing going on up there. When there's not a lot up there, sometimes it's not just not all running. <laughs> and so um, sometimes our, our hamster gets off the wheel and goes off for lunch. Uh, I've heard it explained like this. A man thinks in terms of boxes. This thought is in this box, this thought, that thought's in that box. 
And every thought has its own box. Every event has its own box. Uh, everything is uh, structured and organized that way. And the only way that they, uh, those things are connected is if somehow the boxes are lined up. And, yeah, we can see that connection go on. This thought or that event way over there is in no way connecting to this box. I can't see how it connects. Uh, we can't see the trail that it takes. And uh, this, is, uh, this is the most organized a man probably ever gets is in his mind. Ladies, I, I know he may not look like it or act like it, but up here, everything's put away nicely. Everything's in order in his mind. You know, his, his garage is, is a mess, but he knows where everything is. Or at least the vicinity of it. I mean, it's somewhere over here. It's all up here. It's organized. An organized chaos. And so... Uh, but women, uh, again, this is not my theory. This is some guy who has some letters by his name, so I guess he can say this. But uh, I, I heard it. He says, this person said that a, women, a woman's thinking is like a plate of spaghetti. That everything is connected somehow. Everything is connected somehow. And this event and that thought somehow has weaved its way to connect. And the, the, the man is just looking over there because we, we work in boxes and we're thinking, how in the world is that come together? How in the world? And, and sometimes I just can't follow along. My, my one box logical pro progression can't keep up and make the connections. And so about halfway through the conversation, my brain gets overloaded and I'm lost. What's going on here? How did, how did that come in there? How does that connect to anything we're talking about? And so you had me, and then you lost me. And, and that's when we, or I check out and go back to thinking about defeating evildoers and, and doing whatever else. Because I can't follow along. There's not much up there, not many boxes, and so we've got to take, take it slow. And, and so uh, there's, a, there's a draw in all, all of us. To be victorious. And that's why so many people get hooked into superheroes and, and fairy tales and all this uh, uh, virtual reality. Because we all want to be winners. We want to be the victors. And we want our enemies to fear us. And I, I'm glad to know that I, I can put away the comic books. And I, I can turn off the superhero shows because those things are not real. And living like that is not, is, is only found in, in comic books and fables. But with God, I'm here to tell you that it is a real thing. You can be victorious. You can live a victorious life with God. No matter the situation, you can be the winner. No matter the enemy, no matter the foe, no matter the giant nor the storm, we can be the victor. We are more than conquerors in him who loved us. And so we are living the life that many people daydream about. Whether we realize it or not, I hope we realize it. But we are living a blessed life because we are living a life that we can have victory in any situation that comes. Why? Because we've got God on our side. We know who to go to. We know who to pray to. We know who to call upon. And so we're living a blessed life. 
But don't get caught up with all the riches and wealth and castles and, and cars. See, the world adds all those details in to their, to their viewpoint of what success is. And, and what the world sees that, oh, if you're a winner, this is what you need. Uh, is a mansion down here success or a mansion in heaven success? The, the chances of getting both of those things are very slim, so you're going to have to choose. Mansion down here or mansion up there. Uh, and, and so if, if I can live in a normal house down here but be victorious, why would I not choose that option? If I can live down here and, and be victorious over carnality, over devils and over giants, and, and if I can pull down strongholds and, and break barriers in the spirit and, and walk after the spirit and, and walk by faith and not by sight, what more could we ask for? Living like that will get you into heaven and get you into uh, that mansion on the other side. But, but ha having to put on your costume in a phone booth, that's living a double life. That's living a double life. Uh, according to the word of God, that's not a good thing. And this little light of mine, we're told to, to let it shine, not to hide it under a bushel or until you find a phone booth or until you finally get to church. No, that, that, that life is only lived in comic books. But here in the kingdom of God, uh, we are more than conquerors. And here in the kingdom of God, part-time praying and lukewarm living is not how to become a conqueror. But learning how to die daily and, and carrying our cross daily and being a living sacrifice daily, that's the roadmap to victory. That's the way to become more than a conqueror. And the only way to be in a, being a conqueror is you have to be in a battle to fight. We all want to be a conqueror. But that means you're in a battle. That means you're You're fighting. That means there's a struggle that you have to overcome. That means there's, there's an adversary that you're going up against. If you want to be a conqueror, you got to defeat something in your life or, or, or defeat a devil or go through a situation uh, with the help of God. Romans 8 and 35 says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or, or distress or persecution or, or famine or nakedness or peril or sword as it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. It's in those things that we are more than conquerors. In tribulation we are conquerors. In distress we are conquerors. In persecution, in famine, in peril. We have to be in them in order to overcome them. We want to be overcomers but not have to face all that list. And that's, that's, that's not possible because Paul says in those things we are more than conquerors. And I, I don't want to be in those things and, and, and so we try to avoid them at all costs and, and, and I get that. We're human. That's, we don't want to face all those things unless we have to. And if it's by God's grace that we do avoid them, then thanks be to God. But some things just can't be avoided. 
Some situations just come whether we like it or not, and, and they, things happen unexpectedly, but we shouldn't fear those things. We shouldn't fear tribulation. We shouldn't fear persecution. We shouldn't be afraid of distress or peril because Paul tells us that if we find ourselves and when we find ourselves in one of those things, in one of those events, Paul go, went ahead and told us we are more than conquerors. Don't worry about it. I know it sounds scary. I know it may look scary, but you need to hold on by faith. You need to walk by faith and not by sight because somehow in tribulation we come out more than a conqueror. Somehow in distress and in pain we come out a, a conqueror. Sounds like to me that God wants us to be overcomers and conquerors all the time. All the time. No matter the day, you're a conqueror in Christ. No matter the hour, you have the victory through Jesus Christ. No matter the battle, you are on the winning side if God is on your side. That's what we need to get up every day and thank God for God. Thank you for this day. This is the day you have made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. Why? Because I got a hold of you. I know where to go to today. If something happens, if something shows up in persecution or peril comes, I can be a conqueror today because I have you. Our text transports us into the time period, what was known as the divided kingdom, which sadly was most of Israel's uh, existence was uh, in the, the uh, divided kingdom when they had kings. Ten tribes in the north known as Israel and Two tribes in the south, Judah and Benjamin, and Judah was the, the main one down there. And uh, Judah was the headquarters because that's where Jerusalem was, and that's where David's throne was that God promised would be everlasting. And so Judah was the place to be. And during the divided kingdom years, Judah's king was usually good most of the time, a godly king that tried to follow the ways of, of God and while Israel's king wasn't so good, sad that they're both, the, should have been the same nation, but they're divided. Uh, but here we are interjecting ourselves into the reign of King Asa of Judah. And Asa, the Bible says, did what, did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. He tore down the altars that were built for strange gods. The Bible says that he commanded Judah. To seek God and obey his commandments. He said, we, we have strayed from God. And it's time that we get back to where we need to be. Uh, he commanded Judah, we got to seek the Lord. We got to get after the Lord. We got to seek him in our lives. Get rid of the filth and, and get rid of the idols and the images. And, and get rid of the distractions in your life and in your homes. We got to seek God and we got to get a hold of God. If Israel or if Judah has any future, it's only going to be in God. If Judah is going to be blessed above all other tribes, it's only going to happen if we seek God. Don't worry about what the other tribes are doing. We've got to seek God. 
Judah's got to get a hold of God. If they're off doing this and that, that's their choice. And as for me and my house, we've got to serve the Lord. we got to get a hold of God in our life, in our tribe, in our homes. And if they don't worry about what other people are doing, you just pray for them that they figure out what they are in their ways and they get a hold of God. And so things were going well in Judah because they started seeking God and, and following his ways and uh, it's promised in, in uh, the Mosaic Law. You do these things and you'll be blessed. And so things were, were going well and Judah was, was prospering. Not because of their giftings and, and not because of their abilities and not because of their talents. But Judah was prospering because they began to seek after God again and realize that they need to put him first and keep him first in their lives. And that's where the prosperity came from. And while they were prospering, guess what? The enemy shows up. And, and not just any enemy, an Ethiopian army of one million soldiers, the Bible says. One million soldiers, a thousand thousand soldiers come knocking on Judah's door in times of prosperity. But really, is there ever a, a good time for the enemy to show up? Every time's a bad time, but uh, here he likes to show up when things are going well and, and distract people and take them away. And so we're, we're just here over trying to, to, trying to mind our own business and, and seeking after God and trying to follow righteousness. And then, and then the enemy shows up when things are going well and, and tries to pop your balloons and rain on your parade and, and wants to steal your blessings and, and wreck and ruin all the things that God's doing in your life. Isn't that the truth? But guess what, devil? You can't have my blessings. You can't have my children. You can't have my family because the word of God says that I am a child of God. And our father likes to bless his children. And if you're going to come after my blessings, then I need to remind you that the word of God says we are more than conquerors. You're dealing with a conqueror here today. You are dealing with a conqueror. That means that I am the victor. That means I'm going to be the winner because God has given me the power to defeat you and to bind you and to, to push you back and, and to tear down your strongholds and, and to rebuke you and to plead the blood against you. That's the power that God has given us, and that is what enables us to be more than conquerors in Christ. And so it doesn't matter when the devil shows up. It's, it's not a bad time for you. It's going to be a bad time for him. Why? Because we are conquerors. We, we know how to get a hold of God. We know to put our faith and our trust in God. And so we need to put the devil on notice today and remind him who we are and who our God is. Because it's our faith that forms the fear in the heart of our enemies. It's your faith that the enemy is afraid of. It's your faith that the enemy is coming and trying to take away. Because, But if we are sold out, if we are sold out in our faith, in our belief in our God, and if the devil knows, that there is absolutely nothing that he can do to you that will cause you to quit church. 
If he knows there's nothing he can do to you to cause you to quit praying and to quit seeking God, if the devil knows that there's no storm that will discourage you, if he knows that there's no giant that will scare you or no lion that's going to harm you or no fire that's going to burn you because of your faith in God, then your faith will form fear in the heart of your enemy. Your faith will form the fear in their, in their heart. It's not fear in our heart. It's going to be fear in the enemy's heart. Why? Because my faith is here to stay. My God is here to stay. He's not going to leave me or forsake me. I got a hold of my God, and I know that I'm in his hands. It's your faith that will form the fear in the heart of your enemies. And they'll be afraid of you instead of you being afraid of them. You see, the devil found this out the hard way. That he was roaming the earth like a lion looking to devour somebody of faith. Like he always tries. And he came across a man that was blessed. And a man that kept to himself and put God first in his life and in his home. And, and he sought after God in the ways of righteousness. And because he put God first, he prospered. God blessed him. And the devil comes to God and says, Job only serves you because of the blessings. God, if you let me come after him, you let me interrupt his life for a little bit, and you'll see that he'll quit going to church. He'll stop praying. He'll stop seeking you. And instead, I'll get him to curse you. And God says, okay, devil, go ahead. Let's see what you can do. And so when the devil showed up and surprised Job, we need to remember that God wasn't surprised. We get surprised a lot of times, but we ha can't forget that God is not surprised. God knew all along every step that the devil was taking on his way to Job's house, even though Job did not see it until he showed up. Uh, uh, God knew exactly what was going on. And, and so don't let the enemy's surprise attack be your, be, steal your faith. Because that surprise attack, and they can reach and grab a whole lot of things. If you, if you get caught off guard and you start fearing and being afraid, know that if the enemy shows up uh, surprisingly in your life, know that God already knew he's coming. And that God would send them, only send them if he knew, if he believed in you, that you would get through it. Because he's not going to put on us more than we can bear. And so when the enemy shows up a surprise attack, God knew you can handle that. So it's not for us to, to fear and start worrying and, and when, when persecution and tribulation and all these things start happening unexpectedly. No, we have to lean upon our faith in God and say, I, I didn't see it coming, but my God knows. My God sees everything, and so I'm still going to hold on to my faith in God because he's going to see me through if he saw this coming. So the devil and the enemy wants to steal your faith because that's what he's really after. He's after your faith in God because it's what, that is what forms the fear in his heart. Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. And with faith, 
all things are possible with God. You need faith in order to see God do the miraculous and the power. And that is what Satan was after. He was after Job's faith. If I can take his faith, he ain't going to have anything left. And some people don't put really up a, a big of a fight. They just, okay, this, this happened. I guess, I guess it's meant to be that I'm not going to be at church for, for two weeks, you know. Some people uh, fight harder than others, but if we are more than conquerors, we should be fighting every step of the way that no matter what comes in my life, I got to make sure I get a hold of God. I got to make sure I get to the house of God. It may be difficult. It may be tough at times, but I got to get a hold of God and, and let my faith grow in his word. And so, uh, you know the story. Satan barged into Job's life. And brought hell with him. Job went through tribulation. He went through distress. He went through persecution. He went through famine. He went through nakedness. And he went through peril. And, 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 and what was the outcome in all of those things? Job was more than a conqueror. He was more, he went through all those things hundreds of years before Paul even wrote that down. Maybe Paul understood, knew the story, and, and remembered the story about Job and said, hey, there was a conqueror way back then. I got to write about it. And, and tribulation and peril and distress and all those things. We are more than conquerors. Job never let go of his faith. He, he never quit church and he never quit praying. He, he held on to whatever faith that he still had. He says, I can't let this go. I can't let my faith go. As he said in, in Job 23, Behold, I go forward, but he is not there, and backward, but I cannot perceive him. And on the left hand where he doth work, I, I, I cannot behold him. He hideth himself on the right hand that I cannot see him. But he knows the way that I take. That's a statement of faith right there. Even after he said, I can't see God anywhere. I can't find him where he normally is. He still had faith because he said, he knows the way that I take. And when he tried me, I shall come forth as gold. My faith tells me that God is somewhere out there. My faith tells me that I'm not alone, that I, I haven't been abandoned, that, that he knows where I am and that he knows the way that I take and he knows what I'm going through. That's what my faith tells me. And when I get through this, he says, I'm coming forth as gold. I'm coming out of this as a conqueror. I'm not going to let these things steal my faith and rob my, my salvation in God. It, it's Job's faith in God. That carried him through all those things. Despite his circumstances. And what happened is Job kept his faith and God still blessed him in the end. And, and what did God do? God gave him a, a double portion of what he normally had in the beginning. And, and so let me ask you, do we ever hear of Satan coming back to Job's house? No, we don't hear that. You know why? Because Job's faith formed fear in, his, in Satan's heart. 
Satan said, the last time that I showed up uh, and, and went after Job, he got a double portion. Why am I going to go back there again? I don't need him to get blessed even more. He came out even better than when he started. His faith was doubled. His faith was strengthened. His blessings doubled. He got a double portion of anointing, and, and there's no way that I'm going to go back there. I'm afraid of Job because of his unwavering faith, and as long as he has his faith, I know that God is going to be there for Job. So why would I want to go back to Job's house? I'm going to go look for somebody else that doesn't hold on to their faith as tight as Job does. Because the Bible says we submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. We got to submit to God first in order for the devil to run away because the devil's not fleeing us. The devil's fleeing God who's behind us. And, and so we have to submit and then resist and then the devil will flee because of our faith in God. He's going to run. Your faith forms fear in the heart of your enemies. And the last few weeks has been has been a, a trying time in, in the church and in uh, people's lives. And, and we just buried our dear brother in the faith this past week. And that Saturday night, Sister Bringman was in the hospital next to her husband who was, who was coding and who, was, who, was, who had no heartbeat and he was facing death. But come Sunday morning, there she comes. There she comes through the doors down here to the front during worship service. She's praising God, and she's giving God praise and worship like nothing's happened while her husband's in the hospital. That's a conqueror right there. She's more than a conqueror. She's still praising God despite her circumstances, despite what's going on, despite what, the, what this world is doing. She says, I can't stay away from the house of God. I got to put a hold on my faith. I can't do that. I got to get there and I got to praise God. She's down here worshiping, going through the hell in her life. And she's down here in the front. And, and what, what, what's going on in your life? What's going on in your life where you can't raise your hands? Where you can't seek God and, and shout unto God with praises. What's holding you back while, while this woman's losing her husband? She's down here just worshiping God. It doesn't make sense, but I'll tell you what. That's a conqueror right there. That's a conqueror. That's what we're to be like no matter the situation. We're saying, God, I'm going to be here. If I, you got to drag me to here to church, I'm still going to go. Why? Because my God has been so good to me. And then... And then coming, she goes home, goes to the hospital, thanking God, and then he's, the Lord takes him Monday. And I'm thinking, come Thursday, it's okay, Sister Bringman, you don't, I understand, you don't got to come to church Thursday, your husband just passed, but come Thursday, here she comes, coming through the doors, coming down to the front, worshiping God. That's a conqueror right there. That's somebody to look up to and, and see if, if she can do that through that hardship. I can make it through my trial too. I get a hold of God too. If, that, if God brought her through that like that, I can get a hold of God and God can bring me through my needs. 
Mr. Bringman, God's going to take care of your needs. God, his eyes are looking through the earth, and I think he's, he saw what her response to her situation. God's going to take care of her needs through all of this. Why? Because you kept your faith and been faithful to God. And I believe your faith struck fear in the heart of your enemies. Because, my God, if the death of your husband can't keep you from church, what else do they got? What else does the enemy have? What, what else can the, the enemy throw at you if, if you're here worshiping God and through the hardest part of your life? Uh, the enemy is, gonna, is afraid of Sister Bringman. Why? Because she's still coming to church. She's still here. Her faith is forming fear in the heart of her enemies. And, and, and we are more than conquerors if we just hold on. Reminded of what David said, Psalm 21. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life, and whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat my flesh, what? They stumbled and they fell. Though a host should camp against me, my heart is not going to fear. Though war should rise against me, in this I will be confident. One thing that I have desired, that I will seek after, is that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to acquire in his temple. That's where your faith is deposited right there. God, I just need to get into your presence. God, I just need to get to the house of the Lord, and you're going to make a way. You're going to see me through it. It's your faith. It's your faith that the enemy is after. And if he can put roadblocks up, and he will all the time, to keep you from getting here, to keep you from getting in the house of God, if, if he can keep you away, then he's got a better chance of stealing your faith. Your faith in God is going to form fear in the, the heart of your enemy. What can they do to you? If you won't let go of your faith, there's nothing. Tribulation, distress, peril, persecution. They can bring all those things, but if you just hold on to your faith in God, through all those things, you will be more than a conqueror. What, what can they throw at you? They threaten you with death? Well, to be absent in the bodies, to be present with the Lord. That's not a threat at all. That's an invitation. You mean to me you'll kill me and, and then I'll get to go be in heaven? How, how is that in a, a threat? But yet people tend to fear death. But apostolics, we shouldn't fear death. We just know that in a matter of moments, we'll be with the Lord. That's not a threat at all. And so King Asa, surrounded by a million-man army, the Bible tells us that he had about 580,000 soldiers, which that's, that's still a lot. But going up against a million-man army, that's uh, almost two-to-one odds. Uh, you're the underdog. It's, it can be hard enough fighting one enemy, but every, every soldier has to fight two enemies at the same time. That's a little bit difficult. And so what did King Asa do? 2 Corinthians 14, 11. Asa cried unto the Lord his God and said, Lord, it is nothing with thee to help, whether with many or with them that have no power. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rest on thee, and in thy name 
we go against this multitude. O Lord, thou art our God, let no man prevail against thee. I've got all my soldiers out here. I've called for every able man to show up for this battle, to come out and fight, and we are still down nearly two to one. But when it came time for the battle, Asa didn't put his faith in the numbers of his army. Asa didn't put his faith, he didn't put his trust in chariots and horses, but he put his faith in his God, and what did he do? He cried out to God, oh God, help us, saying, we rest on thee, we, we depend on thee, and we trust in thee, and it's in thy name do we go against this army. It's a statement of faith. This million-man army is not going to steal my faith. And I'm still going to call on the name of the Lord and, and, and what happened because he did so. Verse 12, so the Lord smote the Ethiopians before Asa and before Judah and the Ethiopians fled. See, we don't have the details of the battlefield that day. But all that we are told is that the Lord smote his enemies and they fled in fear. Asa's faith in God formed the fear in the hearts of his enemies. It's what everything in his life is boiled down to, your faith in God. Either you're going to hold on to it, no matter the odds, no, no matter what happens on Saturday night, or no matter what happens on, on Monday night, my faith is so powerful that it can form fear in the hearts of my enemies if I don't let them take it from me. And so when a giant named Goliath came out and challenged the armies of Israel, King Saul and Israel the Bible says that they were afraid of him. They shook in fear. They, they had more faith in Goliath than they did in their God. That's why the fear was in their hearts. They, had, uh, they were paralyzed by fear and they were shaking and afraid, the Bible says, for 40 days. That's a long time and it just, it just magnifies the longer it goes on. One day is bad enough, but then the next day and the next day just piles on, piles on, piles on. And so they were paralyzed by their fear uh, until this little shepherd boy shows up. And David puts his faith in God and he puts it in nothing else. His faith is in God. And it didn't matter what showed up in his life, a lion or a bear. It doesn't matter because my faith is in God. And he can deliver me out of any situation. It doesn't matter the situation. A lion shows up. Okay, God, help me out here. A bear shows up. Oh, my. God, help me out here. A giant shows up. Oh, my. Well, God, help me. Get me out of the situation. It does not matter what the situation is. Our faith in God can get us through it. We just have to believe in that. We just have to hold on to that. And it says no matter what, God's going to see me through it. No matter what, I'm going to be more than a conqueror. And, in this, and this Philistine giant is no different. The details of the situation are all different. But still, I haven't been that close. 
I haven't been that close to a lion, but a lion seems like a giant to me. And a bear is definitely a giant as well. And so another, a man giant, they're all giants. They're all giants, and they all try to make themselves to be giants, but uh, that, let's try to diminish your faith and get fear into your heart, but uh, I'm going to hold on to my faith. And it was David's faith in God that made him run towards Goliath. Who's going to run to giants? Most people run away. But here this little shepherd boy, he's, he starts running towards Goliath. And, and, and what happened, uh, I'll tell you, because his faith in God, uh, the enemy, he believed that Goliath would be down before he even got to him. The only time they came in close contact was when David cut off his head. Before David even reached him, Goliath was down on the ground, knocked out, dead. And so somebody who has faith in God, that before they even get there, their enemy is going to be defeated and scattered. And, and, and David proclaimed his faith. He said, you come to me with a sword, a spear, and a shield, but I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. And just like that, Israel's greatest problem just dropped dead because of some little shepherd boy's faith. It doesn't take much. It doesn't take the latest and greatest weapons. All it takes is somebody to say, I, I believe that my God's going to see me through. I believe that my God is greater than that giant. My God is greater than that situation. My God is greater than that sickness or that pain. It doesn't take much. All it takes is having that faith in your God. And David's faith. Formed fear in the hearts of the Philistines. And they couldn't run away fast enough. Once Goliath fell down, Israelites, they weren't sticking around for anything. Because 40 days they've been waiting. waiting. They, 40 days they've been thinking they were the victors. Because uh, Israel was paralyzed in faith. But one little boy with, a, with, a, with faith in God that says, you're not bigger than my God. And down he went. And now the whole army of, of Philistines flee because of David's faith formed fear in their hearts. Musicians, if you would come. When Je Jehoshaphat became king, Bible says that he did right in the eyes of the Lord. That he put his faith and his trust in God. Second Chronicles 17 says, and they taught in Judah. And had the book of the law of the Lord with them. And went about throughout all the cities of Judah and taught the people. Judah began reading the word of God. And began growing in faith and trust in him and his word. And because of that, not because of their talents and abilities, but because of this. Look what happened in, in verse 10. And the fear of the Lord fell upon all the kingdoms of the lands that were around about Judah so that they made no war against Jehoshaphat. 
You want your enemies to, to fear you, and you want the devil to be afraid of you, and you want that, that demon to, to shake in fear when, when he gets the orders to have to go to your house and, and to try to steal your faith. You get your faith so ironclad in the word of God, and nothing else is going to move you, and the enemy is going to fear you because you know that they know you're not going to let go. And so when they started seeking God, Jehoshaphat and, and all of Judah started seeking God, fear fell on all their enemies. That's, you can't buy that kind of power. You can't buy that kind of access and, and, and having fear fall on your enemies. And, but, but that's not all. It goes on to verse 11. Also, as if that's not a blessing already, that your fear just falls on your enemies and they stay away. Uh, also, some of the Philistines, just out of their goodness of their heart, I know we're your enemies, they, they just brought Jehoshaphat presents and, and tribute silver. And the Arabians just brought him flocks and 7,700 rams and 7,700 he-goats. And so not only was the enemy afraid of them, but they started bringing them presents. And bringing them silver and, and bringing them gifts. How in the world can you get your enemy to start bringing you presents? There's only one way that can happen is you put your faith in God and God, the fear of God will fall on your enemy and they're going to say, I ain't going around them anymore. I'm not going to go to their house anymore. Why? The last time I went there, they got double blessed. Because they wouldn't let go of their faith. And so, uh, how in the world do you get your enemy to bring you presents and to, to buy you groceries and to, to, to send you random checks in the mail? Uh, the, 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 the wealth of the ungodly is laid up for the righteous. God, God can do anything. If you seek God first, God can move on the businessman's heart and he can just say, hey, uh, I don't know why, but I need to give you a check. I don't know why, but here, here, I'm buying your groceries. You, God can do that. God can work in miracles that we cannot even begin to imagine. All God wants us to do is to put our faith in him and let God handle it. That God can bring me through anything. But so many people think that when the, the enemy shows up to fight, they think that the, the easiest way to get them to go away is to compromise. Let's talk, devil. What is it, what is it that you're here? I'm not giving all that up. How about I give this up and you leave me alone? And, and they will. They'll, they'll, they'll take that from your, from your uh, life and they'll go away. That doesn't mean, that's not going to prevent them from coming back. What, what, what people do when they compromise is they, they're training the devil that, hey, anytime I want something, I just go to that person's house and they'll give me something. You can train a dog to, to salivate by ringing a bell. That's what we do if we compromise. But that's, that's the way we naturally people think, oh, I got, if I compromise, you'll leave me alone. They may leave you alone for a little bit, but that means they're coming back for more. Because you already gave in. They're gonna, they know that they can they get more out of you. Compromise is viewed as weakness. If you give a little, then you'll, you, you think you'll get a little. But that's weakness, and the enemy knows that. And so the only way that your enemies are going to give you presents is if they fear you. 
as if they fear you uh, because as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. That's not going to come into my house because the word of God says not to do that. And so you can't get that uh, to compromise with me, devil, because I'm holding on to my faith. And uh, the word of God speaks against doing things like that. And so I'm not going to allow doing that. If we are strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, your faith in God can form the fear in the hearts of your enemies. And they don't want to deal with you because they know that they will lose every single time. If you hold on to your faith, they're going to always lose. If you hold on to your faith in God, there's nothing that they can take from you that God can't bless you back. They, they, that God can't pour out a double portion, a double blessing, uh, a, a double touch in your life. As long as we hold on to the faith in God, it can form the fear in the hearts of our enemies. If you stand with me today. Later on, many years later, another enemy comes to King Asa. And it's his own brother, the king of Israel, is coming after him. Not his actual brother, but it should be. They are brothers, same nation. The king of Israel is coming after the king of Judah. Sad time in Israel's history. And so another foe shows up for Asa. Another enemy comes. But this time... Asa does something different. 2 Chronicles 16, the 6th and 30th year of the reign of Asa, Basha, king of Israel, came up against Judah and built Ramah to the intent that he might let none go out or come in to Asa, king of Judah. And so what did Asa do? Then Asa brought out silver and gold out of the treasures of the house of the Lord and of the king's house. And he sent those to Ben-Hadad, king of Syria, that dwelt at Damascus, saying, There's a league between me and thee, as there was between my father and thy father. Behold, I have sent thee silver and gold. Go break thy league with Basha, king of Israel, that he may depart from me. And so here, in, instead of crying out to the Lord for help to deliver him from his current situation, King Asa takes silver and gold from the house of God and he gives it to a pagan king to pay him to come and help him. Come and help me fight my battle. I've got an enemy showing up and I need help. Here, I'll take silver and gold from the house of my God and I'll give it to you if you will come and help me. Instead of going to God and, and putting his faith and trust in God, the, the God who has never left him or forsook him, the God has never left him alone, the God who has blessed him and, and came and fought for him and many, many times and, and defeated many enemies in his life. And, and instead, King Asa puts his faith and trust into the help of king of Syria to help deliver him. And here's where our text comes in. 
At that time, Hananiah the seer came to Asa, king of Judah, and said unto him, Because thou hast relied on the king of Syria, and not relied on the Lord thy God, therefore is the host of the king of Syria escaped out of thine hand. Were not the Ethiopians and the Lubans a huge host? Do you remember them? With very many chariots and horsemen, you remember that, Asa? Remember when you called upon the help of God and he just came down and he, he took care of them for you. Yet because thou did with because thou did not rely on, on the Lord, he delivered them into thine hand. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. They're looking, they're always looking. To show himself strong in the behalf of those whose heart is perfect towards him. Herein thou hast done foolishly, and therefore from henceforth thou shalt have wars. And that's not a good thing because God's not going to fight for him. See, the eyes of the Lord are scanning the earth, just looking for someone that will put their faith in God. Just looking for someone that will say, God, help me. God, I found myself in a situation. I don't know what to do. I turn to you, God. Someone who is surrounded and can't find their way out. Someone who is in pain and the doctors can't help them out. Someone who is bound and has tried everything that they know and Somebody who the enemy has showed up and they're, they're outnumbered two to one. The eyes of the Lord are looking for those people that are in those situations. That look up to heaven and they cry out and say, God, I, can't, I don't know where else to go. But I got some faith in you, Lord, that I know that no matter what happens, you can bring me through. That God, I, I trust in you. God, I believe that you're going to get me through this, that you are my deliverer. You are my healer. You are my strong tower. I'm not putting my faith in the things of this world. I'm not going to put my faith in the kings of this world, but I'm going to put my faith in you. You see, that's what God, all, that's all he's looking for. It all boils down to faith. Why? So he can show himself strong for those that put their faith in him. You see, God wants to release his power into somebody's life, but you've got to have the faith to, to enable it. You've got to say, God, here I am. God, you see my situation. You see my need. God wants to release his power in your life. He wants to heal somebody that the doctors can't heal. Why? Because God will get the glory. God wants to get the glory in your life, but we got to put our faith in Him. He wants to deliver somebody who is bound by addiction and said, I tried all the programs and I, I went through everything the world offered and I, I'm still an addict. But when I came to Jesus, but when I put my faith in God, He delivered me from that. He wrote, lifted me out of that miry clay. God wants to show himself strong. But he needs someone 
with some faith that will say, God, you're my only hope. God, you're, you're my only need. God, you're, you're all that I have. God, you, I've tried everything else, but God, I'm going to try you now. Come on, are you dealing with something? Is there something in your life that you don't know the answers to? Come on, I invite you to come down and say, God, here's my faith. God, I'm going to deposit my faith in you today. God, that you're going to see me through. I don't have the answers. There's uncertainty in my, in my future, but God, I know you're going to make a way for me. God, I know you're going to see me through. God, I'm going to be a conqueror in this. Come on. Let's come on and deposit our faith. Let's come and exercise our faith. Let's come and release our praise to God and to let him know what it is that you need from him today. Hallelujah. God, I need an answer today. God, I need a touch from you today. I've tried everything else, God. I should have tried you first. Come on, will you come? Will you come and lean upon him? Exercise your faith today. Help us, Lord. Defender me. I don't know what's coming, God, but that's okay. I'm in your hands. Hallelujah. I'm a child of the Most High God. I'm a conqueror. I'm filled with anointing. Come on, let's worship Him together. My cup's overflowing. Don't let go of your faith. Keep holding on to it. No weapon can harm me. About my family. I can go to you, Lord. I don't know how to reach my kids, but I know you can reach them, God. I'm not going to give up on them. He's my comfort. Hallelujah. Yes, yeah. yeah. 